Welcome to Hit Subscribe. I'm your host, Chase Alderton, Growth Marketing Manager at Recharge. This episode, we're talking to Ben Parr, co-founder and president of Octane AI. We focus on conversational commerce or humanized commerce and why brands should shift their thinking for a better approach to acquisition. We also chat about the structure most customer experiences should have from the landing page to personalized product suggestions all the way through the checkout. So let's get started. Ben, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So today's going to be an awesome episode. I can't wait to talk about all things conversational commerce, uh, why we're moving away from this transactional model and more towards conversational model. Uh, but first and foremost, Ben Parr, please introduce yourself. Tell us about Octane a little bit. Uh, so, hey, everyone, I'm Ben. I am the president and co-founder of Octane AI. Uh, we are the buyer profile platform for Shopify in the world of e-commerce. We power uh conversational quizzes that you can put on your site. So if you want to go and build a quiz, we power Facebook Messenger, we power SMS marketing, um, and on-site pop-ups for thousands of Shopify and Shopify Plus brands. And before that, I was the co-editor and editor-at-large of Mashable, and I wrote a best-selling book called Captivology on the Science and Psychology of Attention. We're going to get into all of those things, especially with an emphasis on attention. That's really exciting. So um, let's hop right in. Conversational commerce, define it for us. So uh, conversational commerce is, I, I actually want to almost use a different term, which is humanized commerce, which is, you know, most commerce online is like one way kind of thing. So we like, I like to talk about it as you're either typically browsing for something. You're like, I'm like browsing the warehouse for like anything, or I'm searching for one particular thing. But in retail, there is a really core element, which is the human element. That's the concierge. That's the person at the store. That's the associate. They're asking you questions. They're giving you guidance. They're giving you confidence purchase. They're you're like talking with you. But that hasn't really existed as an equivalent um, in e-commerce, I think, until conversational commerce in this place recently, right? Rather than here's a one-way email blast, you could have a back-and-forth conversation over messaging, or have a back and forth conversation on the site through a quiz. So it's really just like that back and forth and the humanizing element. So it's almost like humanized commerce is like what I like to think about it as. We're making commerce, you know, online, and this is the trend overall, more human. Love it. Humanized commerce, conversational commerce, things they kind of both go hand in hand, but the definition definitely makes sense across the board. So so why why is this, I know you kind of touched on it already, there's that kind of human aspect of it, but why is this more valuable than say a transactional commerce? You know, traditional commerce, you want to sell as many products as you can to as many people as you can. Uh, why is conversational commerce, humanized commerce, why is that a better model? So it's super simple. No one wants to be sold to all the time. Uh, no one wants to be seen as a transaction. People want to, are humans. They want to have relationships. They want to build relationships. But you can build a relationship, not just with like your next door neighbor or your friend at work or your uh, significant other, but you can build a relationship with a brand or a representation of a brand just as deeply in a lot of ways. You know, there are people who are deeply, deeply loyal to a brand. And this, this is also why they then do subscription because they've become deeply loyal. They want to go and like have more of those conversations. They become a real fan of the product. Then they become an advocate. Then they become a regular customer. But this is only happens because they feel some sense of community or some sense of loyalty or some sense of love like that. So it's as simple as no one wants to be, be a transaction or feel like a transaction. 
I love the words you're using too, the loyalty, the love. It's things that you don't really think about when you start a business or when you're selling products as a sales team, but those are really the things that potentially keep your customers around way longer. Um, what are what are some examples of some companies that are doing this well? So uh, it's interesting. So there's a whole bunch of things that like we've learned over the last couple of months with our new like shop quiz and like having these conversations, with a lot of brands and I've been on the phone with a lot more brands than I think I've ever been in my entire life. So uh, a couple examples, um, one is doe lashes, which uh, does like uh, like fun and kind of get, they're doing my lash and that kind of thing. But, you know, they've like, they are building uh, a fun sense of community, like with their customers, they're, uh, learning more about them. The one thing they've recently learned through their quiz is that most of their customers are first-time buyers. And now they're like, wait, we need to really invest in like education, educating them on like what they could be looking for, like why they may want to do it or not want to do it, which is like something you, you need to do that if you don't like, if you don't know that kind of information. Um, there's a rooted, there's another brand rooted.nyc, which sells like amazing plants. Um, and, they're just like building a community around just like plant lovers, like plant groups, all that sort of thing. It's also just complete side note, just crazy when you go to the plant Facebook groups, they are super like detailed and obsessed and really like in love. Um, Very there's like a mutual oriented. They feel like family. Yeah. When you buy a plant, it's something you have to take care of. <laughs> yeah. There's a mutual customer of ours that, you know, I think we both talk about a lot, Poxu, where they like do uh, like the relationship, like with their like Facebook group around like Japanese snacks. And there's like that, like, uh, that tribe that you're building. So I think that all these like best brands are building some kind of community, some kind of tribe, some kind of, you know, the real humanized relationship with their customers, learn more about the customers. Then you can personalize that experience because if I am 18 and I have oily skin, I don't want to be shown a bunch of products for people who are in their thirties and have dry skin. My needs are very different. I would love to have the brand have a conversation with me so they can recommend the right things. So I think that's an, an awesome transition into our next step. So let's, let's dive into these quizzes. So I know that, that Octane just released a brand new shoppable quiz. It's out live on the Shopify app store. You can go grab that. Um, why, why is it that a quiz is so valuable beyond what you may kind of seem as the obvious? So traditional commerce, again, is kind of saying that the less clicks to check out, the better, uh, you know, the less friction, the less time someone can spend mm -hmm. browsing is, is less chance they have to actually drop off or fail. So why is it that adding in more clicks all of a sudden is a better way to do commerce? That doesn't actually, you know, mathematically make sense. It, 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 but it does mathematically make sense when you look at the numbers, the conversion rate is so much higher. The more questions you ask, the deeper the quiz goes uh, because you're building a relationship because you're actually like by the end of a quiz, you can take like one of these quizzes by the end of it, you will like actually get the thing that you are looking for, right? You don't know what plant you want. I'm going to ask a bunch of questions about my like location, about what kind of feeling I want. And then I'm gonna actually get like the thing I was actually like looking for that I may not have even known. And so a couple more clicks actually gets to you to the product that you're actually looking for and wanting to know. Again, it's about like the humanizing of that relationship. It is the quiz is the equivalent of the concierge in the store, asking questions, giving you confidence, learning more, and then personalizing things afterwards. Like, you know, now you could send a targeted, like a follow-up message 
based on which buyer profile you are in to have like something more personalized, right? Again, like 18 and oily, well, I know that. So I have resources for you because you probably have acne versus like you're 30 and dry skin, you might have a different condition or removing things from my suggestions because I know you have a specific allergy. These are like, feel like small and simple things, but it actually shows a deep level of like relationship building and personalization. That's like, I think the strongest part of like bringing on a quiz. You have customers, they don't exactly know what they want, or they're just looking for a little bit of guidance. They, most of them have probably been shopping in stores until this year when like the e-commerce audience has doubled. And you have to remember the vast majority of people, this is the first time they've ever done e-commerce really. And so they're looking for that equivalent experience. You need to deliver that for them. That like humanized, like suggestion, that concierge. Plants is a really interesting suggestion and a really interesting point because I, I'm personally a terrible plant parent. You, you walk around, you think, you know, oh, I love this style of plant. I love what it looks like. You have like. all I those wanna... plants behind you. Uh, yeah, I know. I we we've replaced these multiple times. Is the the secret? If you look at, at the videos of over and over these podcasts, you'll see they change because we accidentally keep killing them. But it's a, I think it's a great point <laughs> for the quiz. Is like maybe asking like where are you putting this plant because some plants do really well in low sunlight or high sunlight or you know how much water you're doing things like that will really sway what you're going to do last time i went into a store i was thought i was looking for something the woman told told us that this is a low water low light you know low touch plant which is exactly what we wanted and we kind of shifted our buyer behavior so instead of saying i know this is the one i want she guided us in that right direction she was the the personal part of that that online quiz and led us to exactly what we wanted and it's actually sitting right over there and it's doing fantastic so it's a, it's an interesting balance it's 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 just like again it depends like you and industry and like your relationship with customers for like beauty brands it's a no-brainer they've all been adopting quizzes forever but it's been really hard to go and build these things the choppable quiz makes it easy to do that you know what questions you need to ask it's like understanding the skin type skin tone allergies for other kinds of brands, like, you know, there's one like Masson Labs. They have like a quiz where they're asking about like your taste in terms of photography. It's a photography uh, store. And so they're asking about like what kind of lighting and like things, but they're just actually showing you a bunch of pictures. Like which one do you gravitate towards the most? And they can actually like suggest a filter packet. It suggests other things to you based on taste. This is like something that you really couldn't have done before. Uh, it, again, it really personalize the experience because I don't know what filter pack I want, but you do because you're the experts at this. Please guide me. Where is the balance between too many questions or too much personalization versus just letting everyone browse the site? So I think we've established there's definitely value in guiding people the right direction. Is there a point where you want to recommend one finite, infinite, or I'm sorry, one finite product that this is the only one you want? Or is it more to just kind of guide people and say, you know, maybe take a look at these handful of products? It Again, it really depends. I hate saying that, but it does depend on the brand, products, things, right? For a lot of our brands, you know, they actually do like turn it into a bundle. They like get this bundle because this is what you need for like an AM and PM skincare routine. Add it to the bundle, go get your monthly subscription for it so that you can consistently have it. Great, awesome, super amazing. Others, you know, you have to ask a lot of questions to really understand the preferences of like, you know, like photography or like plants or certain things, more questions do make sense. For others, maybe it's just something as simple as like, I just need to know flavor, I need to know type of drink, and I need to know like cost. Great, fine, awesome. 
you know, it really depends. You just got to play around with it, right? Like you could A-B test this kind of thing, see like how people engage better. And, you know, you just have to like kind of know your customer and you learn more from your customer so much more by having these quizzes, by just like literally asking them the questions that you've been wanting to ask for forever. You know, like, what are you interested in? Who are you shopping for? They want to tell you. So dig a little bit deeper into that uh, kind of buyer profile you're referencing here. So why why is it so important to continue to monitor what people are asking for over time throughout the course of this whole buyer journey? What what value does that serve other than the obvious, you know, hey, I want this color, this size, whatever? So uh, the buyer profile is the some of the information that you have on the individual customer, which is a little bit different than the buyer persona, which is kind of like the overall art painting of like that customer group. So this buyer profile is like filled with key information, right? It's like their past purchase information, understanding their habits from the past. But more important than that is understanding their future behavior. What are they looking for currently? Which is where a quiz can be super helpful. And there's other data points that you can go and bring in to build this profile. But the reason you build this profile is to build a more humanized, more personalized experience for the customer. Rather than blasting them with like 10 emails for 10 different like sales, you, they, you know that they're only interested in maybe one out of those 10 things. So don't send them the other nine things. That's not going to help you at all. That's only going to turn them off from buying the one thing they would actually buy. That's what the personalization does, right? It personalizes that communication that you have with them. And thus makes for a better shopping experience because I think we all strive to build a better shopping experience for the end consumer. But you know, definitely some of the products and some of the things don't enable that. Or do the opposite of that because we're in the pursuit of sales. I think something especially like the quiz is perfectly aligned both with like a better experience for the end customer and something that really drives a lot of sales and a lot of new opt-ins for the store. It's like that perfect, it's that perfect mix that not a lot of products and not a lot of things actually have. Awesome. Awesome. Very well said. So let's, so let's put this all together. We're talking about a couple theories. We're talking about a few different pieces of this buyer journey, talking about a quiz, talking about a buyer persona, um, landing pages, checkout flows, things like that. So, so give us an example of kind of what a customer may do from the time they, you know, maybe hit a landing page until the time they check out. Why, where are these customer data points and how do they kind of flow throughout the whole process? So there's many, like, let's just like, I guess, scenario, right? There's a, you have a customer come to the site. Maybe they come organically or maybe they come through like a, a Facebook messenger ad or whatever kind of ad you're running. They, you have like a set of products. They don't know which to buy. Your homepage has like, you know, take our style quiz or our beauty quiz or whatever it is. Now you're asking a set of questions, helping them determine what they actually need, right? You know, skin, makeup, how old they are, whatever is really important to actually determining a real recommendation in the same way you would do in the store. Then you like have the recommendation. Maybe you recommend a set of products that go together well. They add those things, probably worth more than what they would have done without the quiz. This is what we've seen all the time. And then, you know, like make that purchase because now they have that tailored recommended set. But the journey doesn't really end there because now you can send really personalized follow-ups because you've taken the time to actually collect this data. Right. And so those follows may be something as simple as like a Facebook message, like with shipping and the receipt orders or an SMS message with the same. But it may also be like educational follow up being like, you know, you know, we have uh, a lot of our customers who uh, 
are in your like, you know, like have tight skin or have oily skin, you know, find a lot of value because of X of this product or X and Y or pairing this kind of thing. You know, we can offer an additional discount if you're interested in it. That's super targeted. That's super personalized. That's for a better experience. And then over time too, they have like, you know, you have your next sale instead of like one email blast. It's like uh, segmented into like, you know, 10 different segments based on these buyer profiles that you've built, which again, not just higher conversions, but just frankly, a better experience for the end customer. You're actually talking to what their needs are and what they're looking for. And then maybe the circle of engine comes, they come back, there's a new quiz or they are looking for something else. Now they're looking for their mom or they have like different skin conditions. And then the cycle happens again because people change over time. There is so much info there. We could talk for an hour and a half about this stuff. So, so I think one of the other benefits that's often not talked about here is the future of your product. So if you take something like a skincare line per se, let's say you go through all these quizzes, you see all the buyer profiles, let's say you run your analytics and you can tell that, you know, 80% of people buying from our site are buying the oily skin product, you know, to make your skin less oily. You don't need to really design products that are going to do, you know, all types of other skin. Maybe that's your specialty. Now you really lean into that type of thing. And it's something you wouldn't have known without this quiz and without understanding where people are going or what they're looking for and all those kind of things. The insights are actually probably more important even than the conversions in some ways. Um, Beauty Bio is another example of a brand that we work with came out with a case study. They actually found that there was a specific vertical, like there was a specific vertical, uh, like people who were really concerned about like fine lines and wrinkles were like spending a lot more money and had a lot more concerns than they ever knew. And now they know that they can develop new products around that or new campaigns around that because it's an audience that's like really like that they didn't really know about before. Or like I said before in the case of like Dolash, they didn't really know that most of their audience was like newbies. And so now they can like adjust their marketing and adjust their education to benefit the customer because why say like advance, like give advanced tactics if 90 or 50 or 70% of your audience is beginners, right? Even if you could just segment it between like beginners and experts of your product or of that journey, you're going to have not just a better experience and a higher conversion rate. It's a win. Let's add a, a subscriptions lens into this. So a lot of what you were talking about is targeting and making sure you're hitting the right people. Uh, but the big one that stands out is education for me. And you mentioned it at the front and kind of throughout this whole scenario as well. So when you talk about subscriptions, obviously lifetime value is the big one that everyone's trying to focus on. Um, it's kind of a combination of a lot of different factors, uh, depends how people define it. But um, when you talk about education, it's something that may not drive direct dollars towards your bottom line. But if you have a person buying a single product and then you can deliver education piece after education piece and tell them how to use it, you know, what to buy next. If you like this, here's your next step. How does that continue to play into this growth of LTV without actually adding dollars? So, uh, well, you know, depending on like, on like the quiz, some people ready to do subscription, you offer that like, in the quiz on the site, that sort of thing. Uh, but a lot of people, you know, they need to build that relationship with the brand. Again, it's relationship building, it's humanizing. And so education is non-salesy, but is providing real value to the customer and building a relationship. I'm learning from you, you're teaching me things that maybe I didn't know before. Maybe you're sending me videos for like some things I can do with my hair or with my fashion or something that I care about. And so over time, I'm like learning things, but now also because you've learned more about the customer, you know, more about their preferences, 
the things you might suggest eventually for subscription will be much more targeted because you, instead of just blankets, so just like suggesting like you should have these, like this entire set of things for your beauty routine, you can suggest like, you know, I know that you have these conditions. So these are the two that you should definitely be doing, you know, every single month. And here's like why, and here's what the results look like, you know, and I can offer like that discount, you know, this is like the subscription that's for you. You can personalize those things and you don't, and like, because you did the quiz, you can give like, it's almost like a delayed result that you can give a couple days, weeks, months later, but you wouldn't have been able to do it if you didn't ask the questions in the first place. It goes back to the whole value of subscriptions in the first place is you're not trying to shove products down people's throats. You're trying to deliver convenience. You're trying to make sure that people are getting what they want on their time frame, And you don't know that stuff if you can't quiz them and you can't ask them and you can't build this relationship with them. You're spot on. So let me ask one final question for you. Something we ask all of our guests. What are you subscribed to? Oh. <laughs> uh... Uh, I mentioned Boxu before. I am subscribed. I get my Boxus. Um, Shout out to Danny. Have, we love him. Everyone subscribes to Boxu. It's great. I, I, I mean, I mean, crazy, crazy, all the crazy journey things. Uh, I've started adding more things. I have a couple of like uh, beauty items that I've started like eye creams, a couple things. You know, I'm getting older. I'm thinking a little bit about my skin, <laughs> you know. There's some there's some hair things that I subscribe to. There's not as much hair up here as there used to be. Um, you know what's interesting as I think about it is like, there's a lot of things that you're subscribed to that you're not even thinking like, oh, it's subscription, right? Because like, uh, maybe it's your medication or something like that. That's subscription. You may not like be thinking about that, but that is subscription. Um, and so like, there's actually more and more things. I will say I've been on the move the entire year. It gets harder to do subscription going the same place. And yet I still have a bunch of subscriptions going to like my central mailbox of things that I'm picking up. Um, and then there's a bunch more I'm going to be turning back on. Uh, I, I, I will give a stupid specific one. Fiji water gave me a good deal and it's just like sending me things. I'm like, just keep sending me my water, please. Um, and then give me more of the box so I can have some more snacks. It's a good combination. <laughs> snacks and water. It's something everyone needs, the basic necessities. <laughs> mm -hmm. Cool. Thank you so much, Ben, for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to Ben for joining us on this episode. If you're interested to learn more about Octane, head over to octaneai.com. If you're looking for more of our episodes, check us out at rechargepayments.com slash hit subscribe. And to get the latest episodes, remember to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening from.